Although, I've seen some scripts, I know the words weren't spelled right. There was hardly any commas in it at all. So I don't think that's too important. Hey, you want to get on the train here, or you want to ruin another take, huh? It's too cerebral. We're trying to make a movie here, not a film. Man, I don't drop character till I've done a DVD commentary. You want to eat the writer? Be my guest. That will leave you to explain how else your character is supposed to get to Bremen. Welcome back to another episode of the In the Mouth of Darkness Chatcast. I'm your host, Brad Gullickson, the Mouth Dork, and joining me today is Lisa Gullickson, Wife Dork. How are you, Lisa? I am wonderful. I am so stoked that finally these Fantastic Fest interviews are coming out into the world. I feel like these are like our little our little interview babies and we're finally giving birth. I agree. I don't know what it's like to give birth, but Me I imagine neither. it's something like editing and publishing a podcast. Exactly, except <laughs> for way grosser. <laughs> ah, the placenta. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with you. This is really, really exciting. We have been to Fantastic Fest for three years now. Yes. And I think this is, without a doubt, the best one we've done so far. The movies were superior, but also the conversations that we had were crazy epic hands down i cannot believe the conversations that we've had and the fact that we get to share them with you guys this is crazy too cool for school so while this is the 39th episode of the itmod chatcast channel this will be part one in our fantastic fest series and i'm guessing we're picking up a lot of new listeners Welcome. So, howdy. Uh, what is our podcast? Our podcast is a series of conversations with filmmakers of varying degrees of budgets, mm-hmm. uh, but all of them have something fascinating to offer the cinematic landscape. And, you know, like that's an obvious understatement when you're talking about Bong Joon Ho. Oh, my goodness. I am. Like, I need two microphones because I am beside myself that we got to talk to this guy. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, Lisa, you were a fan of the host, correct? I was a fan of Okja. Oh, that's right. Okja. I was in love with Okja. I could not stop talking about it when we were doing our 2017 dorkies. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I was right. just charmed by it. And you were uh, a fan of Snowpiercer, but mm-hmm. you had not... And still have not seen The Host. I have not. We have to correct that because The Host is fantastic. I also really loved Okja. I really appreciated Snowpiercer. But I got to say, like, Parasite, his new film, is without a doubt my favorite film from him. And unlike anything else he's done. Yeah, it seems like he's been dancing around the idea of class. And he includes it in each of his films. But with this film, he approaches it with such clarity Mm -hmm. that, I mean, I feel like he really nailed it with this movie. Yeah, and it's one of those films, I'm sure you've been hearing, that you don't want to spoil the twists and turns for anyone. And we're not going to do that for you either. Uh, You could watch the trailer and you'll get an idea of the film, but you won't get the whole picture. You can read the IMDb post, the quick summary, and you'll get an idea of the film, but you won't get the whole picture. And I think as cliche as it is to say, it is one of those movies where the less you know, the better. 
And I was so thankful that I had not even watched a trailer going into this. I was sold on a film being by Bong Joon-ho. I didn't mm-hmm. need to know anything about it. And I like to go into movies that way. Uh, and, I, I, and I just want to treat this conversation that we're about to have with him uh, with, with, with little kid gloves. Like, we don't spoil anything major in this conversation, mm-hmm. but... We really got into the theme of the film, which I felt like was such a privilege because this movie is so thoughtful. Yeah, and Lisa's talked about it a little bit uh, already, class. Uh, but we also, there is like a tiny little emotional spoiler uh, regarding the film's climax. So if you're extremely sensitive to spoilers... Just tread softly. Uh, we actually have a conversation with Bong Joon-ho about spoilers and how we should behave around spoilers, and that's kind of fun, too. He really just wanted to talk about his movie. He was super proud of it, and who wouldn't be? It's an amazing film. So he has his translator with him. Uh, sometimes he responds in English, sometimes through a translator. It's kind of cool to just hear how that all goes down. Let's get to it. We had the conversation on the second floor of the highball in the Inferno Room karaoke room. Such a weird and surreal place to have a conversation, but kind of also the perfect Fantastic Fest room. Positively. Let's just get in touch with the spirit of Satan. I'm down. (laughs) Yeah. And that'll come up again in this series as we go into the month of October. Ooh, teaser. That's a teaser. All right. So Bong Joon-ho, let's take it away. All right. They got us in the best room. <laughs> All right. Is this the biggest room? Uh, it's the one that I feel like is the most memorable. <laughs> uh, there's lots of cool rooms. You know, there's like a haunted house one, and there's like a video game joysticks room. Oh, okay. Which but this is, cool. is the room my mom would disapprove of the most, which <laughs> makes it the coolest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just before I adjusted the lighting, the angle of the- Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Good, good, good. So we have your vision here. Um, I think where we wanted to start, like we saw the film uh, the other day, uh, was it two days ago? Yesterday? This festival is this, all running together. Yeah. Oh. And like, what strikes me is that you um, talk about class a lot in your films. Mm-hmm. And this feels like a culmination of that subject in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is that, is that where you are, do you, f- do you feel like you've said all you can say on class now with this film or are we going to see it come up in movies in your filmography in the future? To you about so it does feel like I lit it up on fire. Like when you use a magnifying glass to burn a tiny dot on the paper, um, it feels like I did that with class. I didn't burn up the entire world, but I did it with a very specific point, for a very specific point. The heart of the issue, the way, the way I gathered it from Parasite, is it's a lack of relatability. Like, um, they, the two classes just 
can't even, they don't even speak the same language. Mm. So do you feel like through art or through activism, that, that class is something that is resolvable? Or are we just screwed? Mm-hmm. 이미 선이 그어져 있고 그것이 선을 넘었을 때 어떤 대가를 치르는지 또는 어떤 비극이 발생하는지가 영화가 보여주는데. 예. So I think ultimately it's about that line, not crossing the line. Regardless of whether it's artificial or natural, um, there is this line that you really can't ignore no matter how hard you try. Um, it's already there, and to cross the line comes with a certain price that you have to pay, and ultimately it leads to the tragedy in the film. 그 마지막에 보면 특히 이제 영화 엔딩이 되게 나는 뭐 웃기다기보다 슬프다고 생각이 드는데 그뭐 애가 이렇게 젊은 애가 집을 사겠다고 그러잖아요. 근데 살수 없을 것 같잖아 사실 보면 그게 그 우리도 이미 그렇게 느끼고요 보면서 누가 뭐 따로 보이스오버로 설명하지 않았던 그래서 그 느낌이 되게 슬픈 거고. 이 영화가 끝난 후에도 미래에도 계속 이 상태가 계속될 것 같은 그런 두려움, 슬픔 뭐 이런 거 이, 이게 클래스 간의 어떤 이 갭이 해결이 안될것 같은 그런 두려움 이런 걸 한번 표현하고 싶었던 거죠 and I think you really see that with the, the ending of the film. Um, it's a sad moment where Kiyu says that he will buy the house, but as the audience, we all know that he can't buy it. We already feel it without like a voiceover that's explaining everything. And so even after the film, um, there is this sense of fear and sadness that this will continue on in the future. Mm-hmm. We really won't be able to resolve this gap. Um, um, and that fear is the final emotion. Uh, how do you feel about um, people knowing that that that? How, how do you feel about spoilers? You know, because your film is very hard to talk about without talking about where it goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just now in that conversation there, you know, you're you're addressing kind of where we're left emotionally at the end. So, mm. how do you feel about addressing those those spoilers? So, more, 영화 그 세컨 하프에 대해서 얘기하지 말아주세요 안본 분들을 위해서 근데 지금 미국은 아직 개봉 안 했으니까 계속 같은 심정이에요 제가 그치만 또 이렇게 여러분들하고 만나서 얘기하는 게또 소중한 시간인데 우리끼리는 뭐 하고 싶은 얘기는 다 해야 되지 않겠어요 그러니까 여러분들이 알아서 잘 정리해 주세요 기사 쓸때 근데 얘기는 일단 다 하고 싶어요 근데 관객들은 정말 되게 예고편도 안 보고 막 극장에 왔으면 좋겠는 이런 모순된 그런 모순된 마음을 갖고 있죠. 
Um, so at Cannes, because it was before uh, the release in France and Korea, I um, did ask uh, reporters to refrain from mentioning the second half of the film. And since we're, uh, the film hasn't been released in the U.S. yet, I still feel uh, the same way. Mm -hmm. But you know, this is a great opportunity to meet and just sort of talk about yeah. this film. Yeah. So I would like to talk about everything, but uh, please, you know, be careful when you write um, write it up. Good. Okay. But, yeah, just everything we can talk about. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I don't want to because it was a very precious turn in the movie, and I just don't want to like spoil that in any way. Yeah, I really hope audience in, in the theater without any knowledge about second half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like back to the class thing. Like, is this a subject that you are haunted by? I feel haunted by it right now in this country. And because you have gone to it a few times in your movies, like, mm. do you feel like you're just gonna you're gonna return to this subject uh, over and over? 이 영화 처음 아이디어 떠올라서 정리하고 막 이렇게 부잣집 가난한 집 이렇게 했던 게그 스노피어스 포스트 프로덕션 할 때였어요. 그러니까 어떻게 보면 그때 세 비슷한 주제를 빠져 있을 때였다고 봐야 되나? 그렇게 볼 수도 있을 것 같고요. 네. 설국열차도 가난한 자와 부자가 이렇게 기차에 있는 얘기니까. 네. So, uh, the the 그게 나만의 문제는 아닌 것 조단 플레 어스라든가 또뭐 코레다 히로카즈 샤플리피터스라든가 비슷한 시기에 이런 다그 가난에 대한 얘기 또 부와 가난에 대한 얘기 이런 것들이 많이 나오는데 어떻게 보면 되게 자연스러운 일인 것 같아요. 자기가 살고 있는 시대의 얘기를 하는 수밖에 없는 것 같아요. 그 피해자들이. Um, and of course, that's not just me. There was us by Jordan Peele and Shoplifters by Koreda um, Hirokazu. So a lot of contemporary artists are exploring similar themes about the gap between rich and poor. And I think that's a very natural process. We all want to discuss and explore the times that we currently live in. Mm -hmm. What makes this film so grounded and immediate is it's um, my only film of yours that I've seen that doesn't have some kind of like creature or like a supernatural <laughs> element, but yeah. still manages to be just as terrifying, if not more terrifying, because it does feel mm. like a situation where there there is no escape from it. Like mm. nobody's going to come out of that situation mm. feeling better off or feeling like fulfilled. スノーピアスは、サルゴンヤチャーが出てきたのは、エンジンに関係があるんですよ。エンジンセクションを通ってフロントセクションを通ってフロントセクションを通ってフロントセクションを通ってフロントセクションを通ってフロントセクションを通
Um, so thank you for that comment, um, because in this film we don't really see a monster on screen, unlike the host, and even in the Snowpiercer we have this perpetual engine that um, that the narrative sort of uh, propels forward towards, um, and th that engine is, you can say that, that engine is the monster of that film, but with Parasite you don't have see a monster on screen, and that's where the true fear comes from. Um, the rich family, they're, they're not the villains, they aren't really the villains of this story, but even then the, the film um, heads towards this calamity, and I think um, you can ask the question of, okay, then why? Why does that happen without the presence of this monster? And I think that's why we feel more scared and frustrated, because you don't see the cause um, with your eyes. Yeah, and it's also something that uh, a lot of us see in our daily lives. Uh, like that this conversation is very relatable. Like I think your movies have always been relatable, but this one like like I, I feel it constantly. <laughs> but even the use of the word parasite as the title of the film, that metaphor of like a parasite is not a, like the parasite is not responsible for the situation it's in. The parasite cannot survive without some kind of host. Um, when did you come up with your title? Was it something, or was it something you found over the course of creating the script? Kalkomani 같이 인필트레이트 하는 그 느낌으로 제가 스토리를 좀더 이렇게 조정을 하면서 패러사이트라는 이름 나오게 된 거죠. 그래서 패러사이트가 되게 나쁜 뉘앙스의 어감의 단어지만 오히려 관객은 패러사이트 편인 거죠. 약간 그런 입장으로 찍어 나가려는 생각을 했었어요. 음. So at first the working title for this project was decalculinia, which is this French term for a paper, you, know, you have a pattern on one side and you fold it and mm. the pattern is exactly oh, replicated yeah. on the other Symmetrical side. Symmetrical something, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was the title when I had the two family, I dealt with them on, I put them on a like sort of an equal level. Uh, level and um, put them on this equal stance, and then I changed the story so that we follow the perspective of the poor family more, oh. and the camera moves with them, and we feel like we're infiltrating this house together. And that's when the uh, title of Parasite came. Um, but Parasite, you know, it has negative connotations, but actually with this film, the audience is sort of on the side of, side of so-called parasites. Yeah, actually yeah. all the characters in the film, they uh, remain in the grey zone. We cannot divide them, yeah. the good and evil. But, 그렇지만 정확하게 고백하면은 나의 관점은 약간 가난한 사람 쪽에 있는 거지. 그래서 나 그들과 같이 들어가는, 그러니까 약간 왠지 이 침투가 성공했으면 좋겠고 물론 그게 되게 위험한 매력이긴 한데 그들이 갖고 있는 이상한 너디하고 사랑스러운 면이 있는 거죠. 분명히 나쁜 짓을 하고 있지만 그래서 but to be honest, um, my interest and sympathy lies 
slightly more with the poor family. Um, I want them to succeed in infiltrating this house and I want to go with them as they enter. Um, and so you really see these nerdy and lovable characters who commit bad things but you can't completely hate. And I think that's sort of the dangerous charm that genre films mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. So uh, before I get out of here, I just wanted to ask, like, what is feeding your creativity right now? Like, where are you finding your creative energy? <laughs> like, are you absorbing film? Is it books? Is it comics? Uh, so it all comes from anxiety. Mm. I draw and create because I'm an anxious person. Mm. So, uh, I like uh. a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same. I, all right, well, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate the conversation. Like we said, we enjoyed the movie a the lot. Movie. Uh, we it enjoy your movies. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Ah, thank you. Take care. Thank you again. Yeah. And thank, thank you. you for your help. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget your badge, Lisa. Oh, shit. <laughs> And there you go. How special was that? It was pretty cool. He's a really cool guy, a creative guy. And I left that conversation so charged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, you want to go out and make things after talking to a guy like that, right? Yeah. Uh, so our thanks to everyone at Fantastic Fest for making that happen. I mean, that is a lifetime highlight conversation. And it is only the start of a series of lifetime highlight conversations that will be coming up in the next couple of months. We came back from Fantastic Fest with at least 10 chats, and we're going to be sprinkling them out throughout the rest of the year to coincide with the release of the films. Parasite is actually now playing in select theaters. It's opening wider this weekend. Go check this movie out. I know it's playing at the Middleburg Film Festival as well. Oh, and our yeah. pal, Lisa Bell Roden, is hopefully listening to this episode right now and is satisfied with the conversation that we just delivered to her. She would be a dumb dumb to miss it. <laughs> so next week, we are going to come back with another Fantastic Fest chat with Takashi Miike. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. He was there with his, what, like 105th film? Uh, first love. Blade of the Immortal was his 100th. Right, right, right. Which was last year. Cranking them out. Yeah, and I think he's done like a dozen movies since then. <laughs> he is a freaking master. Yeah. He has done his 10,000 hours a bajillion times over. Like Parasite, Lisa and I adored First Love. It is a return to the Yakuza film, a, a genre that he has done many, many times over. But... It's unlike any other Yakuza Miike movie. It's very contemporary. It's super fun. And it's really optimistic. Yeah, life-affirming, I think, were your words coming out of the theater. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that next week. Uh, at the end of this month, actually November 1st, we're going to be going to the Alamo Drafthouse in Winchester, Virginia. They are celebrating Full Metal Modine an all-Matthew Modine film festival in which the actor will be there presenting all of the films and including Q&As. And Lisa and I will actually be hosting a few of those Q&As. Lisa, you're doing a Q&A for Cutthroat Island. Hell yeah, I am. I never thought I'd see Cutthroat Island back on the big screen. It's gonna be wild. And he was adamant that they played it. Matthew Modine, still a huge fan of Cutthroat Island. 
God bless him. Yeah, so come out to the Alamo Winchester. Come meet Matthew Modine. Come meet us. We're going to have Modine on the chat cast, so you also have that to look forward to in the near future as well. If you want any sneak peeks of what else you can expect on this feed, go over to Film School Rejects. I have published articles and transcripts around a lot of these conversations, so you can actually right now read a piece of our chat with Mike on Film School Rejects. Please go do that. Support FSR. Support my writing. I need it. And Lisa, you've been writing a lot of reviews for The After Movie Diner. That's right. Theaftermoviediner.com. I did fantastic request reviews. There's going to be some more exciting reviews coming up. So give give your uh, keyboard a little clickety-clackety. Yeah, yeah. Support After Movie Diner. Support Brad and Lisa. We need it. We're desperate. Our self-esteem is so low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, on that note, let's uh, support our other dorks. Uh, go follow Billy Das, the indie dork, at WB Das on Twitter. Follow Darren Smith at the Disco Dork. Follow Brian Young at the Turtle Dork. Lisa, where can we find you online? You can find me at Sidewalk Siren on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on all social medias at Mouth Dork. Tell your friends about us, spread the podcast on your socials. Give us five stars on iTunes. We could use it. Hell yeah. And until next time, take care. Visions are worth fighting for. Why spend your life making someone else's dreams 